Jason, correct me if I'm wrong. We're you're weird. wrong. Oh, <laughs> just wrong. It hurts. It hurts. Tell him like it is. I feel like I've, I've inherited like twice the shade on the show. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is great. Yeah, dynamics of three. It's fantastic. I miss the old show where people sided with me. Will you trade a wheat for a sheep, <laughs> Leonie? Only two. I need to. Have- That's fine. I'll That's fine. Yeah. I quit. <laughs> I'm Hunter Pence, and you're listening to the Misplay Podcast. Oh yeah. Welcome to the misplay, where we miscount how many plants our opponents had on board in Biome. My name is Mark. My name is Jason. And today we are joined by the founder of Linus Games, Leonie Grundler. Hello, Leonie. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Leonie is the game designer of Biome, which is live on Kickstarter right now. Before we go into your full story, Mark has had a chance to play test it. He's already made misplays. I haven't. Give us the elevator pitch. What is Biome? Biome is a super highly thematic tableau builder, one to four players, where you are playing through the seasons, collecting resources, playing. There are over 100 unique plant and animal species in the game, and your rabbits and birds will have babies in the spring. And then you better watch out because your opponent's predators will be coming for your baby animals in the summer. You can also play with two optional mini expansions. And, you know, the game also features both simultaneous play and turn-based play. So there's a lot going on in the game. You know, victory point track with instant bonuses as you earn points. At the end of the day, it's just a really feel-good game. And with all the diversity of actions and plants and animals, so... I realize that was a lot longer than an elevator pitch, but you're no, we're on the we're on like the yeah. penthouse. It's okay. Cool. We're going all the way up. Yeah. Oh, nice, perfect. Yeah. Ding, <laughs> thank you. Sold. Before we start, this week's episode is brought to you by Koenig Creations. Koenig Creations is a print and play design studio that seeks to make accessible, fun games that are easy to print. Their games include Vault, a solitaire dice game, and Flip Freighters, a competitive flip and fill game. Both games have been adapted for Board Game Arena and are available to play for free. If you'd like to know more about Koenig Creations, visit their website at koenigcreations.com. Two Ks. Do the thing, Mark. Join the Discord. Sign up for the newsletter. We've talked about how important that is for businesses. Koenig Creations. K-O-E-N-I-G-K-R-E-A-T-I-O-N-S dot com. Easy to print. Easy to play. Okay. Leonie. I have a feeling that you're not going to agree with this statement that I'm about to make. You are a giant in the gaming industry. Yeah? <laughs> you guys are hilarious. <laughs> I, I do not feel like I'm anything close to a giant, but I maybe one day. Well, you are though. And so I think this is actually really important that you see yourself from our perspective right now. Because I think this is this is kind of what is is driving us it's one of the reasons that we wanted to talk to you everything that you're doing right now you're launching a game on kickstarter right now mark this is what this is like we're not even sure if we can get there we're hoping that we're going to be able to do what you've done 
And the other piece of that really is, as we hear more of your story, um, since I got the the spoiler alert, the trailer at the game parlor, um, you're doing what we'd like to do, except you get to do it with 100% commitment. So it's going to be exciting to hear your story about how you got to where you are, um, but also like we really do look up to you as another path to follow. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know what to say. There's so much that we wish we could talk to you about. I have hundred questions just on Kickstarter alone or crowdfunding, but we wanted to focus this episode on the early experience because that's where we are. So take us back to your early experience, the day before you found Linus Games. What are you doing? Before I found Linus Games, I, two months prior, I decided that I was going to start making a board game. And I was quarantining with COVID at this point, which is why I was like, okay, now is the time. I'm going to make a board game. I'm hiding out in my room. So I, from like 6 a.m. to 11 p.m., I was designing the cards, you know, finding all the fun facts, deciding which plants and animals I wanted to have in the game. And as soon as I got out of quarantine, pretty much 10 days later, I was having my first play test with a prototype. At that point, until pretty much a few weeks ago, I've just been play testing and play testing and play testing and iterating. So I think it was then, you know, a few weeks into that process when I realized, oh my gosh, this is so much fun. And so I think it was a combination of factors. You know, my friends said they were making a board game. I was like, wow, that's super cool. And then also being surrounded by my partner, who's an entrepreneur, and his network of founders and people who are building things, I think created that perfect web where I felt like, okay, I can do this. You know, I had the confidence of people all around me doing cool things. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to take this leap. So what was, what was your personal gaming experience like to get to a point where you can say, I'm going to make a board game? What, what are games that you were, how often were you playing board games? Did you have a group of friends you were playing with? What was your, what was your experience with board games? Yeah. So growing up, we would, you know, as a family play you know, the typical rummy or, you know, with friends Monopoly. And in high school, I was introduced to Settlers of Catan, you know, which for many of us is the gateway game. And then at some point, me and one of my best friends were playing Catan every single day, one to two games after high school for a year. And you'd think, oh, you'd get bored of it. But somehow we, we were fascinated by Catan. And then it was in, in college, I was introduced to more social deduction games, The Resistance, Avalon, but it wasn't until I moved to Berlin where I'd say the hobby really went to the next level. So, I mean, you'd think in Berlin you'd be out clubbing, partying. No, I was inside playing board games all the time. So you could go into any cafe, bar, meetups every night of the week and find people from all over the world who want to play games. And so that's when I learned Everdell, Coimbra, you know, much more strategic games. And that really opened my eyes to this beautiful world of games. And then I ended up at Essen Spiel in 2019. And I was just blown away by the whole thing. I mean, over 200,000 people over four days. I think that was kind of also just a, a turning point for me. It was like, wow, board games, this whole world is amazing. It's massive. And um, 
and I think to get to the point where I was like, okay, I, I feel that I could make a game was so a, a bunch of factors. I played and I still play a lot of wingspan. And that was kind of the original spark for biome. You know, I was like, what if there were snakes that could eat the eggs from other players? And then, you know, in my mind, there should be a game with all kinds of diverse plant and animal life. Oh, there should be natural disasters. You know, how, how would these things work? You know, I had my favorite mechanisms and, but also throughout the creation process of biome came up with some new mechanisms that I'm very excited about, or I should say mechanics, sorry, not mechanisms, mechanics. So yeah, that was kind of the journey. You talked about finding the plants and animals and trees that were going to be in the game. I don't think it ever dawned on me that you'd have to decide what all the names of the cards were going to be and all the pictures that were going to correspond. What was that research like? Yeah, basically I just started out with Googling what are the coolest jungle animals or what are the coolest jungle plants? And then, I mean, it was just like, diving into a deep hole in the interwebs of discovering all these cool plant and animal species. Um, I knew I had the vision in my head. I wanted jungle habitat, marsh, wetlands, and prairie and like savanna. So that kind of made the scope a little narrower. And in my game, I don't focus on any geographical region, uh, just habitat biome. So we've got you know, animals from all over the world and plants from all over the world that live in these habitats in the game. And yes, I have had to reduce the number of animals, especially in the jungle, because they are so biodiverse uh, from the game, because I just had to balance it and reduce the number of cards that were in the game. So that was a struggle, but I had a lot of great plants and animals to choose from. So you, you mentioned it a second ago, something that Mark and I were recently talking about in, in our journey is that theme versus mechanic. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to ask what came first with biome? Was it theme or was it mechanic? Theme. It was theme. It's hard. To, it kind of goes hand in hand somewhat because I, I knew the whole nature theme was that's what I wanted to do. But then I also wanted the increased player interaction with like raising baby animals and then predators trying to eat each other's babies. You know, I think the, the bit that you mentioned about the way that interaction played in biome um, I was really struck by the way that there's the the give aspect where actions that I take cause me to give to other players, but then you have the predator aspect where you can take from other players. And it was a really nice balance of interaction and autonomy. It was, I think it was a really cool solution to give yourself a lot of different ways to decide how much interaction there was going to be in the game. Because when I say I don't like a game, I tend to say I don't like it because it wasn't interactive enough for me. And I, I thought the those two those two ways to interact were really compelling. And also, like I know you're like glazing over it, and I'm not familiar with many games that have this feature. But you had a synchronous and an asynchronous component to the game. So I know theme came first, and you said wingspan was part of that inspiration. Where did you get some of the other inspiration for, you know, the two different phases of play or? the different kinds of interactions, what other places did you get your inspiration from? Yeah, I think I am also a massive fan of Everdahl. So definitely some inspiration from some of the actions, like, you know, draw cards and reveal them. If you get X, Y, or Z, you get, you know, a certain bonus. So some inspiration definitely from Everdahl. But really necessity was the driver for the asynchronous and the 
yeah, the simultaneous and turn-based play because when I first started designing Biome, it was a three-hour game. Thank you to my OG playtesters who suffered with me <laughs> through three hours of Biome in its early days. And so, you know, I was then thinking, okay, how, how can we cut this down? Um, and so it was really like my playtesters really helped me get the game to where it is today because we would brainstorm, like, okay, how can we cut this down? And what are then what are the phases we could play simultaneous? simultaneously and that's how we came up with the structure like these are the things you could play simultaneously and yeah I think it's shaped up to to work out really well. How much of biome is you and what if any outside help have you had? That's a great question. I think there's a couple things that come to mind when when thinking about how to answer this question. My partner for example he he told me I have a whole new appreciation for Leone's attention to detail. I could have cared less about the nests, you know, the little straw nests where you put the babies in. But when we were at Essen Spiel, the number of people who came by and said, oh my God, those nests are so cute. He's like, wow, you know, this is why women-owned businesses are funded less, off, less often because people don't always see the value. And there, there were a lot of learnings like, like this along the way. I think I had friends of mine who had the idea, you know, just like in Catan, where you start with two settlements and two roads. What if you already started with a card with cards played into your tableau builder to get your engine in the tableau to get your engine building going from from the get-go and so that I was like wow that's brilliant so then I decided okay it should be a bird in a tree so that everyone will make a nest and have little baby chicks in the spring so kind of a lot of bits and pieces um, kind of meshed together with with me and my play testers I think the your your description of the nest I think definitely adds to the immersive quality of the game. Like it does very much feel this. It sounds silly, but I felt like I was like sitting in the bushes with my plants, like peeking around, making sure there weren't any snakes to come get my eggs. They always got my eggs. (laughs) They, they tend to do that. And that was another aspect of the game where a lot of like what I really enjoyed throughout the game design process was when people questioned me, on my decisions or said, oh no, Leone, like it should be this way or this way. And I could defend my decisions as to why I designed the game I did. That was really satisfying for me. And one, one example is the, the dice roll that happens when players are doing the, you know, predator, activating the predators and trying to eat the offspring of other players. People said, oh, this should just be, you know, the predator should automatically attack. But, you know, I, it's so much more fun and engaging if everyone's like, okay, how is this player going to roll? You know, is it going to be success or not? And the fact that you do have some control, you know, by the more plants you play, the better protected your babies are. So I, I was able to stand firmly in, in my decision for having that be a dice roll. I found it also to be a nice moment for all of the players to kind of come together in that moment. Like it doesn't happen frequently, but there are these moments where everybody's attention is on the same thing. And I think that also goes a long way in the, in the way the play experience feels. Nice. I'm so glad to hear that. I also kind of wanted to ask you then, what would your elevator pitch be for Biome? Because you've played it. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Jason's not going to like my elevator pitch for it. <laughs> Ding. I mean, obviously, I'm, I was super into the game. I had a lot of high praise that I don't think Jason's going to let me say on the show. Excited to play it? I was I was excited to play it when we played it, and I would actively look forward to playing another time, multiple times. I think there was so much going on. 
Um, but I would say now that I know it's a tableau builder, I don't think I knew the na- that term when I played the game. Oh, really? Okay. I don't think so. Um, so but, now you hate it, now that you know it's a tableau builder. No, no, it's fine. Okay. Pretend yeah. I don't know, guys. What is a tableau builder? Biome is a sophisticated, deeply immersive tableau builder where you slowly build your biome mm-hmm. by adding plants, trees, animals to your environment so that you can score the most points, have the most diverse biome, and save the planet from global warming. I don't think that was part of the game, but, you know, I think it'd be a good selling point. (laughs) So with the Natural Disasters expansion, there is like an expert mode, which I call climate change, essentially, where then the disasters become more and more frequent. So you're on the right track. Play biome, save the world. (laughs) Nailed it. Ding. Protect your babies. (laughs) But in all seriousness, we, we are literally just starting. And I think on our last show, we talked about, well, it's, we were pitching games to each other. The ideas of small things that might be the game, might not be the game. I felt overwhelmed by the the blank slate aspect. The here's, I can do whatever I want. Doing whatever you want is a really daunting task. What kind of advice do you have for either competing with that blank page feeling or once we have an idea, moving on from that to next steps? I mean, yeah, my, my advice would be to narrow down you know what what are the core mechanics that you want in the game like what are your favorite mechanics for me it was tableau builder that was my north star and then also the theme right nature biodiversity so i think narrowing it down will help you a lot and where i can more you know what really comes to mind is there were so many periods of time where i thought i'm not progressing there are things missing it's just an average game And I was like, what do I do? So I just, sometimes I would just take a break for a week and then I would come back to it, maybe play test with a different group of people. And just, yeah, over the weeks, it just shaped, it kept evolving. And at one point in time, maybe a mechanic, you know, doesn't work for what your game is. And then later on, you circle back to that idea and it fits perfectly. So for example, early on in the game, I had different ratios for trading resources. You know, you could do three for one cards, four for one, you know, trading resources for other resources, etc. Finally, I, I now have two for one resources, which is, you know, cards and resources, which has people love. And except for the a lot of Germans that I've talked to say, Leone, this is way too easy. I need more... I want to suffer more. I really want to struggle to get the resources that I need. So then I brought back the three for one exchange for the advanced version of the game. Um, So it didn't fit well for the standard game that I was designing at the time, but for the advanced version, it was perfect. And yeah, so there was also the, the actions. At one point of time, I had considered, should you only be able to do each action once? And then I kind of, you know, got rid of that idea. I, I really liked... You know, some, some players were having some really fun chaining events in early days of the game where you could repeat actions. And then that ended up, when we, we tried that again with you can only take actions once, and that, I think, was one of the final pieces of the puzzle that really brought the game full circle. Like, okay, you know, now there's no action spamming. You're just, you have to really think strategically about which actions do you take in the game and when do you activate them. 
So I don't know if that really answered your question, but in, in short, just keep going, keep play testing, keep iterating and, and brainstorming with other people. I think if you just sit with something by yourself, you know, you can get really caught up and potentially frustrated at different points in the design process. But if you play test with more people, I think more ideas will come and you can get yourself out of that rut, if that answers your question. I think so. I really like the idea of keeping a, a log or a stockpile of things that you put in and take out and keeping them in the back pocket for in case they do re-become relevant. And I would echo, I actually think the one action per turn, I, I found immediately compelling in the game. I thought it was like, it was aesthetically pleasing to be like, oh, like I know how many, because you used pieces from the game to count when you'd done the action. And so it was really nice to see, oh, there's only like this much time left in the game. It was a, a very tangible way to mark time and definitely made me consider much more carefully when I was going to activate a particular ability versus not. Let me ask you this sort of hypothetical because of where Mark and I are at with our games. Hypothetically, if someone was at the point where they have this idea, right? I have this idea for a supermarket game where people are stuck in line and I love it. How do I even begin coming up with the game components and the mechanics? So I got a piece of paper and a pencil. What do I do? What is the experience you want your players to have when playing? Do you want them to be, you know, making lots of decisions and trying to manage a lot of things? Or, you know, is it a fast paced game? You know, do you want them to struggle? Do you want them to, how strategic of a game do you want it to be? I think these are like the first questions I would start with is what is the experience you want your players to have when you're, they're playing your game? I like that lens. Yeah. Thinking about what I want the player to be experiencing. I, I want them to be having FOMO. I want them to be thinking, oh, I should have been in that other line. I'm frustrated. I chose the wrong line. How do I get over there to that one? Okay. Players are stuck in line at a grocery store. So for me, I think the components are really important in a game which Mark, you probably realize with all the little wo wooden pieces in the game. So I would be, you know, ripping up the paper and making little components out of them for, for the players. I think tactile aspects to the game are so important. I will pass that along. <laughs> Dear Jason, you can't get the Game Dev Pro to do your homework for you. Yes, I can. <laughs> Say we get to the point where we have our initial ideas, we've got kind of a plan for some theme, a little bit of a plan for mechanics. Give us the like Cliff Notes version from concept and early mechanics to first play test. So I came up with a list of plants and animals and researched what is the standard card size and cre created a Canva file. This said, okay, these are all my plants and animals, and started creating actions for all of them. Um, I knew that I wanted players to take a lot of actions and that each card would essentially have its superpower or special ability. And yeah, kind of just coming up with diverse, fun actions that players can take throughout the game and activating their plants and animals. Does that answer your question? I think so. So you created your cards, essentially, right? Yeah. So you create the cards... You make your like first mock of your tableau. Right. You make all you make your set of abilities. And then from there do you go to play? Yeah. So I also had the 
I started with a giant with a centerboard. It was shaped like a snake and you would move along the track and that determined the different rounds of the game and what happened in each round. So I, the seasons only came later on. Very first prototype, it was rounds of the game. And yeah, I designed everything in Canva, printed it out, I think even at Office Depot because I didn't have a printer, chopped up all the cards with scissors and went to my first play test. That makes it sound very attainable, at least like that first pass, right? Like clearly the first play test is not the end, the end product. And there's like many, many more steps that we'll figure out along the way. But I mean, for me, that sounds like a very like, okay, concept, mechanics, get it going. I might have also gone to Etsy and Google, like put in tiny like clay chicks or like little straw nests. And I think I also ordered those at some point. Again, tactile bits are everything. And I think within a few play tests, I had ordered like small wooden components off of Etsy or Amazon uh, to use while play testing. I'm going to get tiny shopping carts. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Tiny milk cartons and like eggs. Jason's game is going to be very pretty right off the bat. I can feel it. I will do the best that I can, but you've seen my stick figure drawings. Got to start somewhere. So unfortunately, our show isn't long form. And so we, we're going we're gonna to jump forward in time. We're going to go to the game parlor where you met Mark and Mark was playtesting your game. And you have, you know, it's not the final product, but you're getting there. What does it feel like watching people play the game you created? It is so satisfying, especially when you see people laughing or smiling or realize or exclaim, oh, this card is so cute. Um, since... I've spent so much time and energy and effort and just I'm so proud of what the game has become. And so seeing other people get joy out of it too is the most rewarding thing. And on a similar anecdote, um, I was at Dog Patch Games last weekend. After the play test, I overheard this 10-year-old tell his mom, we're buying the game now, right? And she said, oh no, we can't, it's not available yet. And in my head, I was like, not yet, but soon. And I think just seeing that kids also were so excited about the game, that was also a very pleasant surprise that, you know, I, I, had, I designed this game for adults and now kids are loving it too, which is so fun. That's awesome. Leonie, thank you so much for making the time to come out. I had a blast. I was really, really humbled when Jason sent me on my homework assignment to go meet you. I was blown away by how willing you were to like sit with like this like random person that you had no idea who I was and the amount of time and like care and consideration. Like I heard a lot, I heard some of these stories and also like other things about the, the build and development from biome when it would have been very easy to just like do the play test and peace out and be like, yeah, sure. I'll be on your show and just be on your way. So all of the time you've taken to, you know, for lack of better words, like coach and provide insight and, spend time with us really means a lot to us. I think it's one of the things that we keep coming back to. People willing to spend time on us is always very humbling to us. Um, where can we find you? Well, well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure speaking with you both, and I'm very excited to follow along on your journey uh, with the game design process, and I'd love to help however I can. Yeah, so Biome's on Kickstarter now, which is mind-boggling. So we'll have a 30-day campaign where we'll be offering the base game and the deluxe game. You can also find me on YouTube at Biome Board Game, Instagram at Biome Board Game, and TikTok 
Lioness Games. So if you're searching for Lioness Games or Biome board game, you will find me. And you can also find Leonie and Mark and I at the official Biome launch party that is happening in San Francisco at Gamescape from 6 to 10 on Wednesday evening. So come say hello and give the game a playtest. Yeah. Wednesday the 21st. And reserve your copy. Yes. Back Biome on Kickstarter now. What's next for us, Mark? Jason, I think I finished my homework assignment. It's kind of ugly. I don't think it's very interesting yet, but I think it will serve our purposes. I have prototype version one ready to play of Auto Battler. Auto Battler. Does it have a name other than Auto Battler? As in Battler? Like battle? battle? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Auto Battler. We'll call it MMA Gauntlet. MMA Gauntlet. I like it. I can't wait to play. I'm excited. <laughs> His Raised. eyebrows are up. Yeah, eyebrows are up. <laughs> The Misplay Podcast is brought to you by Mike C., Missy, J.P. Savard, Parney, Kyle Flowers, and Adjos. Consider donating at patreon.com slash themisplay. If you'd like to become a featured sponsor of the show, find our FAQ and Discord. I was also at KublaCon last May. That's in the Mushroom Kingdom. This was <laughs> this was um, in Berlin game. This convention. Okay. Um, 